or even the Easter lilies, which I have growing in front of my house right now. It's all about Jesus and what he's done. The most powerful and most significant event in history is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I want to look at a couple of things that Jesus said about it. Um, we continue our study on what we call Snapshots of Jesus, and this one's called The Sign of Jonah, and we want to look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 4. And let me read that to you. I'll start from the beginning, verse 1. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting, desiring him that he should show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. And when his disciples came, and when his disciples were come to the other side, they have forsaken, they have forgotten to take bread. And he talks about them going and eating and stuff like that. The sign of Jonah. Another verse says that the sign of Jonah, Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale. And on the third day he came out. And that's the sign that Jesus talked about. The Son of Man will be three days in the earth, and then on the third day he will rise again. And the, the, the people, that's the only sign that matters. Jesus did miracles. He healed people. He raised the dead. He, he took um, charge over the weather and the storms and things like that. And he did all these signs. He made, turned water into wine. He did a lot of signs and wonders, but the only sign that counts is the one where the Son of Man rises from the dead. And he said things like, destroy this temple in John chapter 2, and I'll rebuild it, I'll raise it again in three days. And of course, people thought he was talking about the temple that um, Solomon built, which they were standing in front of. But he was talking about his own body. And he was saying, destroy this body, and I'll raise it again in three days. And so, he also said in, in John chapter 10, which I'd like to read to you, in verse 18, let me get that real quick. John 10, 18. Okay, Jesus says here, No man takes my life from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. And this commandment have I received from my Father. Jesus said, nobody's taking my life. He says, I lay down. He freely gives his life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And the Son freely gives his life. The Father gives the Son. The Son gives his life for the salvation of many. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He said, I lay down. I have power to lay down and have power to take it up. There's no greater power than that. Of all the things that people have done 
and things that people can do, there's no greater power than one who raises himself up from the dead. Nobody does that but Jesus. Of all the religious leaders and, and, um, and all the martyrs and all the people who have started things and all the um, uh, religions and, and, and leadership and all the other people in the world and in history, no one has ever come back from the dead like Jesus. There's people who've been raised from the dead, but there's no religious leader or organizer who raised himself from the dead. Nobody. All right? And Jesus said, I lay it down, I have the power to lay it down and take it up again, and this is what the Father has commanded me to do. So we have a Jesus that's um, not always knowing who he was and what he was here to do. Even as a child, he understood these things. Okay? And so on Easter Sunday, the Resurrection Sunday, is when, again, we commemorate and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Actually, we do it every Sunday. And we should be doing it every day of our life. Remember that Jesus was risen from the dead. He also said, in, um, in, um, well, it also reads in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, which I'd like to read to you. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, give you time to find it. Look what it says here. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery or something to achieve or grasp, to be equal with God, because the Son is equal to the Father, you know that. But made himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, as a human man, he humbled himself, or he further humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What the scripture is saying to us here in Philippians is that this person is God. He's in the form of God. He's equal with God. He's just like the Father. And he came and took on our form. He took on our form and lived the way we live. He was born. We celebrate around Christmas time. We were born into this world. He grew up. He worked. He had a job. He went into the ministry of working for his father. Right? And he gave himself, he willingly gave himself up. Okay? He yielded to the cross. Not, not just any old death, but the death of the cross. The cross, the most heinous form of execution devised. The purpose of the cross was not just to kill you, but it was for that person who committed the crime against the state to suffer there. I mean, people could stay on the cross suffering for up to three days sometimes. Of course, Jesus didn't stay there on the cross that long because it was just before the Sabbath. And, um, and, he, and he gave himself up. But look what it says here. 
It says, God, the Father, highly exalted, have given him a name that's above every name. The name is the, the purpose, the character, and the will. So the purpose and character and will of Jesus Christ is above every purpose, character, and will. Right? A name that's above every name. So much so that in the natural and in the spirit, beings in the spirit and beings in the natural have to recognize this. And there's going to come a time in everybody's existence where we're going to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And it's not going to be because someone's going to force you. Right? It's going to be because it's going to be a recognition, it's going to be an acknowledgement, and it's going to be, oh wow, he really is God. He really is the Christ. Thankfully, the believers, we acknowledge that already. But if for the non-believers who go into, who die and um, go into judgment, it's going to acknowledge it that day. Hopefully, this we're not talking about you, because you had a chance to believe on Jesus Christ and receive him as your Savior, even as we speak. All right? And so every tongue is going to confess, and every knee is going to bow, and everybody and everything will recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And this is what we're doing now. We're recognizing already, but we want you to recognize it. So we have here, we have, um, we have Jesus talking about his death and resurrection, and we have the Apostle Paul talking about his death and resurrection. And even as far back as Isaiah, Isaiah 53, which is sometimes called the Gospel of Isaiah, talks about his death and talks about his life and his death and resurrection. All right? And so we, we acknowledge again and we reiterate that the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, is the most significant event in history. Because of his death, his burial, and resurrection, he was raised on the third day. We, you and I, could have life, and that abundantly. The scripture teaches us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The, script, the scripture teaches us that he who knew no sin became sin, that you and I can become righteousness of God in him. So you and I, despite who we are, and we know ourselves, right? And we know what we've done in our history, in our record, and all those things. We become righteous through Jesus Christ. He became sin that we can become righteous. He became sin that we can become sons of God. The scripture teaches us that, uh, that, that what man or love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. You know, and therefore the world does not recognize us because they don't recognize him. They don't know him. But we are this now, we're the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when he appears, we shall be just like him. And we're going to see him as he is. Believer being cursed, no matter what you're going through, you're going to be just like Jesus. You already have some, you already like him already in the fact that you have the same relationship with the Father that he has. Because you're sons, sons and daughters of the living God. And you have this access, you have this fellowship with God, and you have this righteousness which was gifted to you as a believer. So we have a lot to celebrate on Easter Sunday and any other Sunday and any day of the week. We have much to celebrate because of what the Lord has done on our behalf. Okay? So let me just read one more scripture to you. I'm going to go to Isaiah since we mentioned it. Isaiah chapter 53. 
Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm represents power. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. Comeliness is means beauty or handsome. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God. That means that the people of the time, when they saw the sufferings of Christ and saw him on the cross, they said he deserved what he gets. That's what, that's what that means. All right? But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. In other words, he took on all our sin. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is dumb or speechless. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? In other words, to say, who's going to represent him? He had no advocate that day. Those days when he was going from judgment to judgment, from, from Pilate to Herod to Pilate, and back and forth into the, the Sanhedrin, all those people, he had no advocate, no one to speak on his behalf. For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of our people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased, it appeased God to bruise him. He had put on him, he had put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, talking about the father seeing the travail of the son's soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. It's saying here that um, it appeased God. When it said it pleased the Lord to bruise him, it appeased God. Imagine a God, the God of love that we were, like to recognize is also a God of wrath. And that wrath is what we deserve. We, just like on the day of Noah, that wrath is what we deserve. But it, God was satisfied with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So it appeased him. You ever been angry? You ever been upset? 
and um, someone tried to make it up to you, tried to appease you, well, the angry God was appeased by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he had poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressions and bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressions. So here's what we're saying. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary is him making intercession for us. Him being of our substitute sacrifice, shedding innocent blood for a bunch of guilty folk. And that's who we are. Okay? And his resurrection from the dead, he died. Three days later, he rose. His resurrection from the dead gives this demonstrates his power and also gives us power to live for him. Because he lives, we can live for him. Okay? And so we see here that the, the, the writer of thousands of years before, the writer um, for um, Isaiah has predicted who the Messiah would be. And there's scriptures all over the Old Testament talking about Messiah and talking about the Christ. Amen? So here we go. So what we want you to understand and what we want you to catch on to, not just on Easter Sunday, but any day of the, of the year, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He died for our sins, and he was risen again on the third day. And whoever believes on him, no matter what your this background is, no matter what your disposition is, no matter who you are, what you've done, whoever believes in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay? Now listen, because it says should not perish but have everlasting life, it's a hint that those who don't believe in him will perish and will suffer and will be judged. When you stand in the, before the judgment seat, it's not going to be what you did or what you failed to do. It's going to be where are you in relationship to Jesus? Have you believed on Jesus Christ? You shall be saved. If you have not believed on Jesus Christ, there'll be judgment for you. And that doesn't matter who you are, how nice you are, where you've been, and what kind of good citizen you are. The soul that sins shall be judged, but the soul that believes on Jesus Christ shall be forgiven and redeemed. So we want to encourage you today, consider these things. Believe on Jesus. He, he has enough power and salvation for everybody and anybody. Even you. If he can save me and the folks around me, he can save anyone. So we want you to remember that. And we want you to consider Jesus Christ. And um, on this day and every day, any day, wherever you are. Um, in your home, in the car, wherever you're watching or listening, you can come to faith in Jesus just for the asking. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you now because you are God and our Father, and we thank you for hearing our prayer. And we acknowledge you today, as always, and we thank you for what you're doing. And for the ones who are listening today, Father, the ones who are watching, who wants to be saved today, Lord, we ask that you draw them by your Spirit, that they'll say yes to you. We thank you for the Scripture that teaches us that by grace are we saved through faith, and they will just trust you I know that you save them just for the asking. We thank you for these things even now, Lord. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God.